Pulp MX Network production. Thanks for all the support, Pulp MX fans. The Pulp MX app is now available for both iPhone and Android-based phones. For all your moto needs, shop at btosports.com and use the current discount code PULPMX. And don't forget to click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com when purchasing anything from Amazon. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOSports.com and ThorMX. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Thor MX. Our friends at Thor MX, uh, check them out online, ThorMX.com. The guy on the line right now, he wore a Thor MX, and, uh, and uh, thanks to BTOsports.com for sponsoring this, and uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, I'm your host, Steve Mathis. Like I said, this guy wore Thor quite a bit. He's an uh, XGP multi-time winner, uh, Australian national champion, and uh, now enjoying the retired life. Josh Coppins, uh, Lizard, what's up? Thanks for doing this. <clears throat> no problem, Steve. It's, uh, it's good to talk to you. Um, yeah, just got back to New Zealand, been pretty busy with a lot of stuff, but uh, it's nice to be home. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, yeah, calling you, this is 5 in the morning New Zealand time, but you're, you're jet-lagged or whatever, so it works out. So Yeah, works out fine. <clears throat> um, works out fine. Uh, I guess, first of all, I guess, how's how's retired life now? It seems like looking at your travel schedule and looking at uh, what you're doing with your own team in New Zealand and helping out in Australia, it looks like you're busier than ever. Yeah, I am. It's it's crazy, you know, like um, you kind of, I kind of wonder what I've done every now and then. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I used to have a pretty good life and go racing and, and uh, now all of a sudden I'm just chaos, but uh, I'm enjoying it and, and I guess that's the main thing and it's a real, it's a real challenge and um yeah, so I guess people say to me, oh, do you miss racing? And I just haven't had time to miss it. And, <laughs> right, uh, right. I, I don't miss it. Um, I, I miss the freedom I had when I was racing as far as I had one boss and I could just get up. I had my training and a couple of calls to make, and mm-hmm. then I was, you know, that was it. <clears throat> now, um, you know, much busier schedule. So I miss that part of it. But actually lining up on the start line, that I don't miss that at all. So, that, that, uh, that butterfly I'm, I'm feeling. Yeah, that butterfly feeling, that nervousness, charging in yep. the first turn. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm over that. So uh, I'm enjoying I'm enjoying it, to answer your question. Um, yeah, I was just talking to somebody the other day, and I was just trying to think who it was, and the name escapes me, but it's an ex-rider. It wasn't Jason Thomas. That would be the obvious question. Mm-hmm. But it was somebody else, and they were like, they were like, yeah, man, you know, you get up in the morning, you do your motos, you go to the gym, and you're done by one or two, and that mm. that doesn't happen anymore. This guy was no. retired, and, you know, he had a – I forget who it was now, but they are like, it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a full day of work. <laughs> yeah, and, um, you know, just before, if you wanted something, you would call your team manager and it would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, now when you are team manager, you're making those calls, and, you're, you know, you've <laughs> got a list of 20 people to contact and talk, yeah. talk to a day, and only 10 get back to you. So then this, you know, it goes to the next day and the next day and the next day and you just, you know, you just, it's a balancing act trying to get it right and keep everyone happy and you've got mechanics and, and that's just, uh, just part of what I'm doing here uh, with the team. And um, because New Zealand's obviously a pretty small market, mm-hmm. I have to be involved in other areas with Yamaha as far as uh, some testing work and uh, also uh, doing some coaching and I'm at dealer meetings, mm-hmm. um, doing all sorts because 
it's expensive to go racing, but we only do nine races a year, and it's a small market, so I have to diversify a little. So um, that makes it even busier. I would prefer just to go racing, but right. um, obviously I can't, and I want to be living back at home. So, so that that makes things a little bit more hectic as well. Well, you you won your last year, right? Uh, in Australia? Yeah. Yeah, you won the yeah, title. Yeah, I was second the first year. Mm-hmm. Blew that one. Went down in the first turn in the last motor. Last motor, and, right. And uh, broke my shoulder, so blew that one and finished second. And then uh, I, won the, I won the last year. So you could have kept going. You probably could have won again or been a top guy again. Um, yeah, but yeah, just, I could have. Yeah. I could have. Um, mm-hmm. And life would have been easy and good and all that, but I just didn't feel like right. I could uh, give 100% to the team and... and uh, the, the timing was right, and some opportunities came up, and I was I always had this goal in my mind for when I wanted to stop, and and then, and that was it. Yeah. Uh, do you still get to like? Do you still ride? Do you still moto down? Um, do, do you know just for fun, or, or is it a lot of guys I talk not to? Enough. Yeah, not enough. Not enough. <laughs> I, 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 um, so things are pretty hectic right now with yeah. with regards to the team and and setting stuff up and and all sorts of new different different things going on so I don't get to ride enough mm-hmm. but uh, I'm hoping soon um, when things calm down I can actually start to ride a little bit more yeah were you fortunate enough to uh, to put a little bit of money away from your uh, yeah. from your racing career yeah like, I was yeah, yeah I was I was lucky to uh, make some pretty good investments <laughs> and um, yeah I've done it done okay so good, I'm good. not I'm no uh, I uh, see, but uh, I've done okay. <laughs> you uh, do you have a car in the driveway, and you point to the car and go, "That's my Aprilia year, right there." That that that, <laughs> that, that uh... <laughs> no, I've got a I've got an Aprilia Superbike, which I uh, kept, oh, nice. and uh, and uh, yeah, no, I, I point to that every now and then. But, right, right. Uh, but that, that's about it. I don't know where that money went; just invested it. Right, right, right. Um, now, I guess uh, to clarify, you so you you own a race team in New Zealand. Um, yeah, that's right. And, that's and, right. And, so I own the team. Riders' <coughs> contracts are with me, and I'm contracted to Yamaha. Right. And who who rides for you there? Uh, Billy McKenzie, MX1. Yep. And I share him because I work together quite closely with Craig Dack in yeah. Australia. We have all the same sponsors, and we share Billy's motocross-only contract. He does Australia and New Zealand. And I have another rider called Scott Gollum from mm-hmm. New Zealand. Yep. I've heard and the name. and. And those two are the MX1, MX2 riders. And then I have uh, four sort of development riders from New Zealand, and Courtney Duncan's one of them. Oh, yeah? Yeah, um, she's fast. And so n- not on the team, but uh, my role at Yamaha is, let's say, to advise and help. And, mm-hmm. and uh, they're riders that we, we look after and they're on the program and in the future possibly be in the team. Um, and uh, So New Zealand and Australian motocrosses are smart enough to not schedule races at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Right. It works in. So uh, last year, KTM sent both their riders from Australia. Yamaha sent one rider. There are about seven riders in total from Australia that came across and did the New Zealand Championships, which was a four-round series, mm-hmm. uh, and prior to Australia, and they used that for you know to sort of get them started for Australia because what was happening was the year before and the year before that when Cody Cooper, myself, and Ben Townley were doing. New Zealand, mm-hmm. we were flying at round two or three, and it was sort of round four before the Australians had caught up to us. Oh, yeah, okay. So, yeah, it's nice to see that, that you know, you two arch enemies can work together and to get the best series. Yep, yep. No, it worked well. It worked. It does work well, and uh, it's going to continue to improve, I think, as well. Now, in Australia, you're sort of a rider coach slash manager uh, for uh, Craig Dax team. Um, yeah, all I, all, 
obviously, um, I think we would like to do more, but the the, the budget's limited. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm, I'm more so just help help them out with testing now. Oh, okay. Uh, um, so we do it. We do a bit of that, and uh, he's running the off road team as well. So um, that role didn't, let's say become as big as what we'd both wanted it to right. just because um, budget but also time because mm-hmm. um, I ended up being busier here than I thought. So more so I go to some races and help out at the races a little bit and uh, and also uh, do the testing for them. Um, now I do some stuff for Alex Gilbert Moto Online and so mm-hmm. I'm on his site uh, looking at it quite a bit and um, mm-hmm. it seems like the Aussie motocross series and of course Supercross series has been up and down, and looks like they're really mm-hmm. trying to rebuild it. But it seems like the Aussie the Aussie Motocross series is getting bigger, is um, <clears throat> is becoming yeah. a little bit more um, of something where the riders can do full time, and they, you know, yep. do, do you agree yep. with that? Yeah, I do. It, um, overall, yes, you're 100 percent right. Really good series, promoted well, run well, organised, some good sponsors on board. Um, good good media coverage, really mm-hmm. working hard, and, and good support from the manufacturers, and really good racing. Um, the only thing that, in my opinion, lets it down slightly is a little bit the tracks, okay. but that's also improving. Mm-hmm. That that that's definitely getting better. Um, and the numbers were down this year, so like overall, I'm talking sort of more privateers, yeah. uh, guys entering the event is down, but that's a worldwide thing. So. Um, you know, you can't point to that series that's happening in Europe a lot as well. So right. um, it's just a just the privateers, let's say, and Australia being such a big country, can't quite afford to travel uh, to all the events. So uh, the numbers are down slightly, but overall, yeah, you're 100 percent right. It is it's a really good series. But then you get into like you may and maybe the not, but I think I heard something. I heard one of the Moss brothers turn down a you know a fill-in ride over here or some sort of ride over here because they were yep. contracted for Australia. And yep. it's sort of the same way, like, of course, the Australian, I think, level is higher than Canada, but we have a problem in Canada where our nine-race national series, which doesn't pay that much, but the guys, the top guys make thirty grand, forty grand, or, or yep. more, yep. enough to yep. make a living. They yep. they don't venture to the U.S. to get better, like a Chad Reed, Josh Coppins, yep. uh, or, you yep. know, you went to yep. Europe. Um, yep. There's no risk. They're sort of happy being the local superstars, and the Canadians are the same way. And so, do you find that yep. in one way it's bad because no one's leaving? Yes, hundred percent. So, from New Zealand, for example, you can't really be a professional here because it's hard to make a living. Right. So you're like, right, I've got to get to Australia and then try to get to Europe or get to America. So, um, so yeah, you're right, and and that happened in Australia for a long time. And the mentality is starting to change. So next year in GPs, you've got uh, Todd Waters, mm-hmm. uh, Dean, Dean Ferris, yep, and Luke Stike. So oh, um, I didn't know Luke got a ride. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. So we've got three guys that heading over there now from Australia, which and this is a first for a long time. And basically, I would say they're probably earning less than what they could in Australia. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Especially on their first few years in Europe, you know, um, yeah. definitely. And that's also part of it. You know, the, the lifestyle's good there. The teams are very, very professional, mm-hmm. high-level support from the manufacturers. So they've got good bikes, good support. They're earning good money, and they're living at home. 
and it's just too too hard yeah. you know, to go overseas. And uh, so exactly, little bit little bit like the Canadian style, but yeah, um, yeah and and they have to probably take a pay cut and let's say not such a nice lifestyle to to succeed overseas. And some of them just aren't willing to do that. But the mentality's changing now. Yeah, because let's face it, it's it's hard to do the GPs if you're not. A bel- you know, from Belgium or whatever. It's a, it's, yeah. it's, it's muddy races. It's uh, yep. rainy. It's yep. uh, you're living in different yep. countries. You know, I'm not telling you. Well, we just seen, we just seen at the mo- you know, the and and the results, you know, reflect that at motocross nations. Guys, mm-hmm. good riders are out of the depth. Yeah. Um. Just and and not not because they're not good enough, but just they don't have the experience in those conditions and how mm-hmm. to deal with it. I wrote um, after the motocross nations. I spoke to Dean Ferris after the race. Of course, mm-hmm. uh, to, yep. to many of us, and to, he was a breakout guy. Not to Chad Reed on Twitter, but yep. uh, to many yep. of us, he really showed something there at that race. And I think his bike too. Yep. I think that Dixon team has got that yep. bike working pretty well. But um, I pre- and he says he wants to go to the U.S. And I think I so I yep. wrote. I think we'll see him. Um, he was a real, yeah. a real bright spot. Um, too bad he has to go yeah. to MX1 next year. But what's your thoughts on uh, Dean Ferris? Yeah, a good rider. Um, I raced with him in Australia in my first year before he went to Europe. Um, I, I uh, expected him to do well. Mm-hmm. Um, I pushed for him to get that job at Dixon. Oh, did because, you? Because okay. uh, that all went down at Lommel. Mm-hmm. At the Motocross of Nations, because uh, originally they thought they had an agreement with um, Tonus. Yeah, Tonus. Oh, that's right. Tonus went last to, minute, which, and bump, they, which and bumped they had, Lee about, which which Lee wasn't too happy about, right? Exactly. Yeah. And they had nobody, Dixon, and Yamaha Europe asked me about Ferris, and I said, take him, definitely take him. And I knew the bike was good, mm-hmm. and I know his his work commitment's good, and he's a good guy, and and I knew that. Um, you know, I knew he had the speed. I'd seen it in Australia. Mm-hmm. And, again, his first year in Europe was rough. His second year was a little bit rough. Mm-hmm. And then by his third year, he got it, he got it sorted. And um, definitely a solid rider and, and, and works hard. And, and, and he got his head around it and the tracks and, and the lifestyle there. And, and you can see it in the results. You think he'll go to America? You think, he'll, you think he's good enough to get that ride or get a shot? I mean, I do. But... What do we uh, supercross or motocross or both? Both, yeah, just just coming in. No, 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 um, no. Motocross, yes, but I yep. don't think I don't think uh, I think supercross will be will be too hard for him. Mm-hmm. Um, just going off what I saw in the supercross experience in uh, in, in in Australia when he mm-hmm. did the series there. Yeah. Um, but definitely outdoors, he can mix it with mix it with the best for sure. Well, as you know, Supercross is such a big part. You know, um, yeah. you, yep. you got to yep. be good over here at, at that. Yeah. Um, yep. Talking about the motocross nations, you were the team manager for New Zealand. Um, yeah. Yep. You guys had a you got. I mean, you know, it could have been worse. You could have been Canada. Uh, thanks for checking on yeah, me, exactly. by the way. Thanks for checking on me. I, I just uh, <laughs> no worries. I just done a report to Motorcycle New Zealand, and um, you know, you just talked about Dean Ferris being the standout rider, mm-hmm. and I said Australia are where we were ten years ago, and where where Australia was ten years ago. That's a good point. And huh? The reason, yeah. Yeah. And the reason is, is because we had riders in Europe, mm-hmm. uh, Ben and myself, yep. and we had experience on those conditions. We were able to adapt to those conditions. And uh, Ferris is now there, and you've got to remember, Metcalf's raced, he's obviously from Australia, he's done a year in Europe, he's raced uh, America and yep. 
just won in Canada. So he, he's got all-round experience as well. And uh, Waters had been in Belgium already for a month or so before, and he's mm-hmm. going there next year. So they had experience to adapt to the conditions, and, and, and that's the difference. And that's where our riders struggled. You know, we just based in New Zealand and Australia riders. We take them over there, and, and uh, Saturday they did pretty good, qualified 13th, and, um, you know, not too bad, two, two new riders. So right. I was quite happy with that. But as soon as the conditions got tough, they couldn't adapt, and they didn't have the experience to understand what to do. So okay, so you're you were sort of in the Justin Barsha Eli Tomac camp, which those guys had said the track was different, tough, yes. rough. Uh, you, you're you're on that yep. side. You, that that's that, that that hurt your guys. You think? Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. And as soon as it got different, tough, and rough, and and they couldn't adapt to the conditions, and they couldn't adapt to the conditions and keep speed, and it mm-hmm. just got too hard. And they had two choices: either push, try to push through it and crash, or slow down. And they slowed down. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, not a good, not a good uh, Disney's, but again, you made the A-Main, and I know countries that didn't. There's some countries, <clears throat> countries yeah, like Puerto do. Rico and Canada that didn't. You guys yep. comfortably made it. In, you Japan, know. Ireland, so all, yeah. all relatively good. So, yeah, we comfortably made it. Um, I knew on Sunday morning we were in trouble. Did because you? Because once yeah. I'd seen, seen the track, track getting rough, and they were just attacking all the bumps, and the mm-hmm. bikes were, were hitting all the holes and going sideways, and... Uh, they just weren't getting on top of the bumps, and they were over-revving the bikes, and they weren't short-shifting and using their body and technique and stuff to help the bike around. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it was a wee bit of a, a wee bit of a you know rabbit in the headlight situation, and they were <laughs> they, 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 they they we were gone from that point on. Did you have a is there a, is your do you have a favorite Cody Cooper quote of the weekend? Is there anything that Coop said that? That uh, made you shake your head. About five <laughs> things, and I thought to myself at the time. Bank that away, but I had a lot on. You know, I was right, a little bit right, stressed right, right, being right. team manager, and uh, you know we had to qualify, and the, you know, so I've forgotten them. But I remember there was a good couple of things which he said. <laughs> he's, he's epic, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, I just had we, had we. I had a bit of a laugh. It was pretty pretty funny. Right. He uh, yeah. He he was a nice guy. The JGR guys uh, still tell stories of Cody Cooper. Yeah, um, they will. They will. <laughs> he um he had some bad luck. This is one in a million. I don't think even you would have seen this. So mm. in the first moto, he, he as he hit a bump and the suspension compressed, a rock flicked off the rear wheel and jammed perfect-sized in the linkage and locked his linkage down. Oh, Michael Byrne had that happen this year. Really? Yep, or, or this year or last year. That happened to Michael Byrne. That's the first I'd ever heard of it and seen it. And we had to, he rode back to the van, so that was his first moto DNF. Yeah. And really, we we called on him for two good results. And right. that was already a DNF, so we, we struggled as well with that. And uh, we had to knock it out with a punch. It was, wow. it was jammed in there. Um, Berners had a stick, actually. It was a stick. Got kicked up, locked into his into his linkage, and that was it. Damn. Go figure, yeah. huh? Oh, well. Happened twice. Right. I, I'm with you. The first time I was like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah. Um, yeah. Berner's also the same guy who had uh, the person who sews his fly lo- his logos on his fly pants uh, left the needle in there, um, and it was poking him. He had to stop, pull a needle out, and then keep going. Who, who did that happen to? Berner, Michael Berner. That wasn't wasn't JT, was it? I think JT said it happened to him too. The, oh. the, the lady with the needle that flat does the fly stuff is very dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. Um, um, oh. But overall. Uh, I spoke to you at the at the Disney Nations. Um, it's yep. good to see that you're doing it, though. Like, you know, like I wish Canada had someone like you, like somebody who's organized on it, um, an ex rider um, who knows the deal. Yep. 
Um, so it's good that you're you're doing that for your country. You know, it's you need to. We needed to because um, you know none of our riders race in that series. The rules are different. Um, everything's different, even from the yellow flag rules to the starting procedures. And uh, our guys just don't know, and um, they'd struggle if they we got there and they didn't have someone that knew all those things. Mm-hmm. So um, it's quite important to to keep on top of it. Um, if they're GP experienced guys, it's no issue. You know, they go through it 16 rounds pretty much, so they get it all. So, uh, and, and it's fun. I enjoyed it and, and get to catch up with everyone and, and watch the racing. And, and no, it was good. Toshintal, um, thoughts on the track? You obviously raced there a ton. Uh, what did you think of the Disney track? They reversed it. Uh, well, reversed yeah, off thought, the start, anyways. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was pretty good. It was definitely, I, I knew they were going to do something because the start was just impossible to have 40 guys on it previously. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was too tight afterwards. So I thought they did a pretty good job, um, all, all in all. Um, yeah, it was definitely rough and tough. But yeah, I thought, I thought overall it was good. It looked better than. It has done for some GPs that we've raced there. Right. But um, personally, maybe just me being old, but I preferred it, the actual layout of the track way back. You know, I first went there in 97. So, um, I uh, yeah, I preferred it mm-hmm. back the old style more so, but um, I thought it was a bit easier to pass on. But uh, that's right. just me. Um, how's Ben Townley doing nowadays? How People people listening to this probably want a, want a Ben Townley update. Yeah, he's he's pretty good. Um, he's busy doing all sorts of things, you know, like uh, he's doing a wee bit of riding and a wee bit of this and a wee bit of that. He's doing some stuff for Honda and uh, he's working on he's working on a lot of stuff and I think he's in a pretty good place and pretty happy and, and uh, he's living at the beach and we're about heading into summer, so oh, nice. I think he's uh, living the New Zealand dream at the moment, so right. uh, he, he's pretty happy. And uh, what about Daryl Hurley? Still around? Still doing anything? Yeah, still around. He's got a dealership, um, okay. Suzuki and Husky dealership. Um, so yeah, he's he's got a very good dealership, and uh, he still does a bit of he still races quite regularly. Okay. And uh, but um, just for fun, and uh, he he's doing well. Yep. Um, let's get into uh, testing with Yamaha a little bit. Um, something that yep. um, that you've been doing. You did it for Rinaldi. I mean, you rode for Rinaldi forever, <laughs> and. They used you, and, and obviously I, I think you are you must be pretty good at setting up a bike and know what's going on with it. So you're now still working with Yamaha a little bit uh, here and there, testing some things and working on some bikes. The yep. I think our last podcast, we talked about the YZ450F and the good and the bad about yep. it. And, I mean, yep. I definitely think it's got some issues over here. I admire Yamaha yep. for um, forward thinking and for innovative because the bikes really are cookie cutters nowadays. Yep. Um, yep. And – but at the same time, there's no way that it's as bad as the reputation over here. You know, JGR has tried to sign uh, Brock Tickle and Dean Wilson and Davey Millsaps back and um, yep. Eli Tomac, and just nobody wanted to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Thoughts on the bike? Thoughts on that thing? And uh, the 2014, of course, you worked on a little bit. Um, how much better is the 2014 and all that? Yeah, 2014's a, a big step forward. Um, mm-hmm. So basically... The bike was very, very good when it had good traction. The the old old bike. Yep. So it was it was harder to ride when the traction went away. So um, for rear wheel traction and also front wheel traction, um, power is no issue. Yeah. There's plenty of power. Um, always has been and always will be with the Yamaha, I believe. So um, moving on to the 2014 bike, they've definitely improved all those areas. Um, and I, I think you know it's it's I. 
I think uh, the customer's going to be happy, and I think it's got a little bit... It's not as sensitive as the old bike. Mm-hmm. It's a lot broader. Uh, so when conditions were changing with the old bike, it, it was a little bit hard to ride sometimes. Mm-hmm. And with the new one, it's 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 a lot more, uh, a lot of a, a broader, let's say, scope with regards to conditions and traction in those conditions and stability and and the power is more linear. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, they've made a really really good step, and I enjoy riding it. And I think. Um, but then again, I, I liked, you know, at CDR, my 2013 Yamaha YZ450 is mm-hmm. one of my favourite bikes of all time. Wow, yeah. And, yeah. and, and, uh, and yeah, so, but the new one is a good step, you know, it's it's really power-wise and, and everything. I think, I'm really sure customers will, will like it. Do you think some of the issues it has is is the motor being turned around? I mean, of course, and of course, the, I think the motor being turned around is also why the motor is so good because no one will ever complain about the power on the YZ450. Yep. Or, 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 yep. or is some of the issues chassis-related, uh, frame structure, uh, strength of yep. materials, uh, which, which more are you leaning towards as being um, an issue? That, issue. That... Frame, frame. frame and swing up. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Engine, I don't believe engines being reversed uh, is, is, is a, a issue. Right. Um, I'm not saying that uh, it took took a wee bit to work it all out, you know. Obviously, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I, for me, the issues came from frame and, and swing up. Mm-hmm. When you're testing um, uh, any bike, really, uh, you know, even mm-hmm. when you were racing and you were testing, um, what kind of things did you like a bike to do, and what kind of things? Did, I mean, outside of the obvious, and what kind of things didn't you like a bike to do um, for, um, for for yourself? You didn't and, want a bike to do. Uh, to be, um, you wanted to know what the bike was going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't want anything to come out of the ordinary and think, "Ooh, what happened there?" You know, I wasn't expecting that. Mm-hmm. You want to be able to uh, just be comfortable at all times and all conditions, and not have something come out and think, oh, "Man, that, that that I didn't expect that." Yeah. So um, that's first thing, and, and I believe a, a real, a really good linear power, so a long power curve. So you've you've got Good and a good uh, throttle to wheel response, so to pull yourself out of any any trouble. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's sort of probably the main and and a stability. You want a bike nice and stable. So that's really for me a bike in a nutshell of, of what you're after. Yeah, like it's okay to hit a bump or a square edge. You see it coming. You know you're going to hit yep. a square edge, but just dear bike, don't do anything weird. If you know what it's going to do, it's right. not an issue. Right. You know, and even if you OJ something, if you know what the bike's going to do, or if you're going midway through a turn mm-hmm. corner and the front's going to tuck or push, uh, you you want to know what it's going to what it's going to do. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. if you're on the limit, it's going to do some. You know, you're going to slide and, and yep. have issues. But if you know what it's going to do, you can you can be prepared. So yep. that's that's the main thing. Then stability, and then of course. Uh, Smooth power, uh, linear power is what I prefer. Yeah. It's not really a US thing. But uh, again, tracks in the US are completely different. So, um, you know, you need you need more power and you need aggressive power. You, you're getting on the gas a lot earlier in the turns. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and your bikes are set up well, a lot stiffer. Uh, US spec YZ450 is, for me, is way too hard. Yeah. Um, but again, I'm riding it in different conditions. I have ridden it in US conditions and it was quite okay. So, so really, there's that much of a difference, huh? Like there's yeah, like yeah. I did one lap on it, 
yep. in Australia. Yeah. Why? Uh, why is it four fifty? US specs suspension did one lap on it and said, "Don't want it. Take it out. Wow. Terrible. <clears throat> Cannot ride on it." So we'd blame felt to... every bump, felt every stone, felt every crack on the track, yep. felt everything, and uh, through my wrists and the lot, and it was just too harsh. Um. So we blame Travis Preston for that. We'll, we'll get on that. Um, well, I've also ridden the bike in uh, Cahula Creek. Is that, is that what it's Cahilla, called? Cahilla? Yeah, and Cahilla Creek, yeah. Cahilla Creek. And uh, not too bad, not too bad, but it wasn't very, uh, it's, you know, US spec suspension, um, but it wasn't very rough, so it was a little bit hard for me to tell. Right. But, um, yeah. So you know, I had some people that's... tell me, I had some people tell me the motocross nation, some Europeans, um, one of them works for CLS, so I think you, think you can figure yep. out who it was. Um, tell me that they thought Justin Barsh's bike looked like crap, um, the Honda. And, uh, and yep. then Metcalf it, told me – It, I just it inter- did to me too. Did it, okay. And I just interviewed yep. Metcalf uh, for Pulp Max, and, and Metcalf yep. said, my U.S. stuff I brought over, Factory Connection, didn't work very good on that track. Nope. So now I'm thinking, like, maybe you're onto something, Coppins. I'm telling you. Like the settings. Yeah. Yeah. But what um, is it? Is too, it the dirt? Too hard. Yeah. Um, just because uh, he, in, in the US tracks are all really good grip. Mm-hmm. You get on the gas so early. Uh, there's not as many entry bumps, and and when you exit the turns, there's always grip. And in in uh, in Europe, you can come into the turn, and it can be bumpy, and it can be soft bumps. Just as you enter the turn, it can be blue groove. You get into the rut, and the rut can be rock hard, edge, and like really choppy. Mm-hmm. And then as you exit, there can be stones and a puddle of water right, as you go right. through the mud. And then there'll be a few stones just somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, and that's a pretty standard corner, and on every corner of the track, but it'll be in all different orders. So you need to be very supple, and you need a bike that's very forgiving. Um, otherwise, it's very hard to get the power to the ground and carry your momentum. You've got to get on top of the bumps, and it's uh, it's just different. And and US spec bike won't work in Europe or Australia. We need to get Kyle Lewis dialing in everybody's suspension because his stuff was like pillows. We always used to look at it and be yeah. like, "What? How's he yeah. riding it?" But it was old school yeah. soft, you <clears throat> know. But, but I also understand, Steve, that US riders, majority of them, race Supercross. Right. So they do 16 rounds of Supercross where the bike's rock hard, no argument, it has to be. Yeah. So when they come to motocross and they put in their motocross settings, they don't like the bike moving too much because, on jumps because they're not used to it. They're like, yeah. man, the thing's just wallowing, it's moving, and, they don't, and they're not used to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's also a reason behind it, why they struggle, uh, why they have their bikes set up traditionally harder for motocross because they have grip. Uh, because there's different riding technique and also uh, to do with Supercross. Yeah, the manager. That, that, this yeah. is my opinion. Yeah, of course. Know. No, no, but but it, it makes some sense. I mean, Barsha and Tomac, I mean, they were they were accepting of defeat. They didn't make any excuses. Don't get me wrong. Yep. They both, it, yep. after I interviewed them at the Motocross Nations, they, you know, like I said, they didn't make any excuses, but they both said, man, this track was so yep. rough and so gnarly, yep. and, and I'm looking at it. And obviously, uh, I'm not racing, but I'm looking at it going, it, it's a rough motocross track, but it's not, you know, crazy, incredibly rough. It's not Lomel here. But maybe yeah. a lot of what yeah. they did, and, and sort of talking to Metcalf and now talking to you and, ta- and listening to people yeah. that thought Barsha's bike wasn't working well, maybe it's all sort of tied into what they're running for settings. 
Yeah, yeah. well, uh, that, that um, to me, to me, Tomac was unreal. Uh, he's mm-hmm. one of the, prob- probably the fastest guy I've ever seen on a 250F <laughs> right, that day. Right, right. And, you know, he just, he just, in the US, they, he could just push, push, push and go faster and faster and faster, and he can pretty much get away with it. In Europe, you, it will catch you out, and it caught him out mm-hmm. because of the changing conditions. He got his head around that, and then in the second race, I believe he probably could have passed uh, Roxon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe he had the speed, but I think he was like, man, I've just got to bring this home, and he, he, yeah. he, I've got to be a bit calmer. And But to me, he got his head around the track. He was really wheeling bumps. He was supple on the bike. He was carrying good corner speed. For me, he was, he yeah. was impressive, and his, his bike looked good as well. For Bashir, he looked like, you know, he impressed me because he was just, holding on to a wild bull yeah. and he was just pinning it and he was just hitting those bumps square edge and like I said about the New Zealand guys they were attacking the track mm-hmm. and they were either going to crash or had to slow down and they slowed down <laughs> right right and and but Basha just held on to that thing all weekend and just attacked so that that was that was impressive but um I I do believe that his bike was just way too hard and um and also, he, he didn't adapt to the riding conditions. And, and Dungey was the same a little bit. Not that his bike was too hard, but he couldn't adapt. Uh, you know, you, you were there. You'd watch Cairoli go past. He'd be a gear higher. He'd yeah. be playing the throttle. And he'd be wheel-tapping bumps and popping over bumps and just flowing. And he'd be on the balls of his feet and just cruising. What looked like cruising. Yeah. And then you'd see Barsha and Dungey come through, and they were just fighting it. And... Really, the, the telltale for me was the last three laps of the se- the last moto. Dungey gave up. He, he was did. on. He was on that. Se- he was in seventh, I think, and he was on sixth. He's on fifth. Pa- Paulin and, and they Searle. needed it. Or Paulin and yeah. Searle, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and and they needed it. Yeah. And he just chucked the towel in and just they gapped him and he just slowed down because he just it broke him. That track, I, I was... think, broke him. He was just like, man, I just can't work this out. I was very surprised at Ryan Dungey's riding all day long. I don't know who that was on his bike, but it wasn't well, a good day. All weekend, he never made top seven. Not no. in the time practice, not in the moto. A seventh was his best. Yeah. Never tops into the top six, so I think. So not in a time practice, not in a, uh, not in a qualifying. Or right. in a, it was always, always back there, wasn't it? So yeah. it just showed that it was... It's, I know I expected it to be better Saturday, but Sunday I can understand because the track was tough. Did you see what Roger had to say? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that that caused some problems, and I just talked to Roger for an interview, and uh, he, you know, Roger's honest, and he said I doesn't he doesn't regret saying that. He uh, absolutely yeah. believes it. He, um, you know, look at um, Tommy Searle, Caroli, Roxon yeah. had WP stuff, and 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 did well, yeah. and but yeah. th- that was pretty gnarly. Yeah. Roger laid it out there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he did, he did, he did. But uh, he was right. Right. He was right. So uh, I, I think. Um, you know, I think I think Ryan just struggled to adapt to the conditions. Um, hey, let's take a commercial break here on the uh, yep. BTOSports.com RacerX podcast presented by Thor MX. Listen to these commercials and uh, and yeah, sponsor support our sponsors so we can keep doing uh, afford to call New Zealand. It's that time again. Thanks for listening to the RacerX podcast show, brought to you by BTOSports.com, presented by Thor MX. I appreciate it. Don't forget to click on the Amazon banner on pulpamex.com to help out pulpamex.com. We appreciate it. Listen to these commercials. Buy from these sponsors. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side.
Oyster X Podcast Show is brought to you by BTOsports.com. Whether you are looking for new gear, helmets, boots, or you need to rebuild your bike from the ground up, BTO is your source for all of your motocross needs. As a proud sponsor of the BTO Sports KTM race team and the heart of the BTO Sports amateur motocross team, it is obvious that we are about more than being just a store. We support the sport that supports us. us. We at BTO Sports want to give back to you, the listener, for supporting us and the Racer X Podcast Show. Use coupon code PULPMX when placing your order at btosports.com for a VIP listener discount. Certain brand restrictions will apply. For 2013, JT Racing enters its next generation with the all-new Evolve Light, ProTech, Enduro, and Limited Edition collections, taking quality and innovation to a whole new level. Also available in youth sizes, each collection is built with high-grade materials offering its own unique characteristics to meet the demands of today's riders, both recreationally and competitively. To find a dealer or view the entire collection online, log on to JTRacingUSA.com. Championship proven. Many motocross apparel brands make that claim, but only Thor can back it up. As America's first motocross apparel brand, Thor has set the standard for delivering the highest quality performance racewear on the market for the past 45 years. With champions like Ryan Villapoto, Blake Baggett, and Dean Wilson, to name a few, our products truly are championship proven. To see all the new 2013 products, visit ThorMX.com or head to your local Thor Parts Unlimited dealer. Thor, the official racewear of Supercross. All right, we're back. Um, Coppins, uh, let's let's talk about the GPs a little bit. Um, yep. You did, it, you did that. You, God, you raced for, what, what, 16 years? I don't even know. 15. Okay, 15, 15 years of GPs. Um, yeah. There's no doubt that something's and I and I get into arguments with Adam Wheeler about this and we do these podcasts and and I don't know what is broken but, <coughs> but something is broken their their age rule is not good um <clears throat> thankfully they yep. trash the super finals they have yep. very little entries even for the races like uh, I think Latvia or Bulgaria they had 17 guys never mind the flyaway ones um yep. and I don't know what it is but something's yeah. something's broken. Do you agree? And what is it? Hundred percent, hundred percent. I don't think it's any, uh, something's broken. I don't think it's any one thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, a number of things, um, and I think it's been a number of things over a number of years, which has got us to where we are now. And I don't think it's going to be that we're going to change one thing, and next year it's going to be good. I think it's going to be we need to. They need to make some changes now and build back up. Um, you know, it's easy for them to say, "Oh, it's the economy," but and and which it partly is, but it's not all. Right. Um, it, it's the little bit the age group and MX two. It's a little bit uh, the costs. It's uh, a little bit the, t- the the TV. It's a package. It's a little bit uh, all, all the overseas. So many overseas races now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's a, it's a little bit little bit of everything, um, and. You know, there's there's two sides here. Yeah, things aren't aren't great and aren't right, but motocross of nations, I truly believe that Giuseppe and and Youthstream, that event's so big now, and they run it so well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I don't think there's not many people that could run it with you know in Europe as good as he does. So, you know, he does do some really good things. Um, mm-hmm. 
So it's not it's not all negatives from me, but um, you're 100 percent right. It is there's something's broken and it, and it needs to be fixed. Yeah, I mean, look, it's a world championship and it, it travels the world and that's awesome. But yep. when you have 17 guys on the line, um, yeah, that that to me is just and and look, the economy is bad over here too. There's teams three yep. we lost three teams last year. You know, folded up shop yep. that just said we're yep. done. However, yep. at every Supercross and every national yep. for the last couple of years. We've they've yep. capped the entries. There's been qualifying, um, so yep. privateers are coming out. People are attempting to race at the highest level, um, but yep. in Europe, like teams are folding up and not coming back, and you can see it because there's 17 guys on the line. You know, yeah, um, yeah, exactly, exactly. And like, so, it's just it's disappointing for a world cha- championship to to yep. to be reduced to this because again, like. You know, um, Antonio Caroli uh, or Clemente Sal, they're in the title hunt. Yep. They crash out. Ah, they got 17th still. <laughs> Whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, don't, I yeah, don't know. Yeah. I agree. I agree. It is It is sad. Um, and, you know, there's so I, people ask me all the time, and, and there's loads of discussion for it. Mm-hmm. And um, there's, there's lot, like I said, there's lots of reasons. Um, you know, that for me, the, the age rule on MX2 is, is no good. Um the cost to enter and get to the events is too high, um, but at the same time, what you get for it mm-hmm. is worth it. But we just, but they just can't afford it. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not saying as if he's robbing them. Right. right. I'm saying, but, but I'm just saying that, you know, because what they get for their money is is good. Yeah. But I'm just saying that just can't, people can't afford it at the moment. So that's that's an issue. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's there's lots of uh, lots of lots of little things which I think could could make big changes, and and it'll take time. I uh, I can't believe that they I, I changed my stance a little bit when they announced these these flyaway races to Qatar and Thailand yep. and and, all, and I I could not believe the teams like Rinaldi and KTM and all that. They yep. I can't believe they were like, yeah, sure, no problem. Like if you tried to do that over here, like we have enough problem getting people to Toronto. Like Mitch Payton didn't yep. go to Toronto until it was made mandatory as a points round. Um, yes, I cannot believe the teams didn't freak out. So I had a conversation with Pitt Buyer. I said yep. the same thing to him. I said, and he goes, "Hey, we sell motorcycles in Thailand and Qatar." Yeah, and I'm like, yep. "Okay, you got me, Pitt." But you know, yep. but yep. I yep. can't believe like yep. you know it just doesn't seem strong enough of a series to be like, "Hey, now we're going over here." And here, and of course, there is a travel stipend, but it doesn't it doesn't cover what the teams need. But yeah, uh, to, so you know, so from 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 uh, Giuseppe's side, um, let's say Canada, for example, Canada ran a photo of Clement de Salle on a Suzuki Canada ran a photo of Clement de Salle winning a Grand Prix on the back page of the magazine. Mm-hmm. Giuseppe's like, well, I want to go to Canada. Suzuki's saying. It's too expensive, yet mm. they're happy to use images from our series worldwide yeah. and promote their riders as world championship winning rider, but they don't want to travel. So, yeah. you know, how, how, how does this work? And that's exactly what Pitt said to you. You know, we sell bikes there. We want to travel there. Yeah. Um, bottom line is it comes back to a different mentality. KTM sell race-ready motorcycles. That's their philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um so and they need to win, go and win races, whereas the Japanese at the moment are a little bit more conservative because of budget. So they don't want to travel at the moment. So it's more, I would say, a, a timing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and, and, and to do with and, and a budget thing, really. But uh, I, I agree that they should be travelling to more overseas races, but we're not Formula One. Um, so. And I can't believe KTM and Hurlings are keeping him down. That's a joke. Uh, he's, he's a five-year now, I think, five-year pro. You know, yes, he's only 19 or whatever, or, you know, but, yeah. I mean, really, guys? Uh, yeah, but, I, I, I had to laugh. What are they, what, what? they have to. Otherwise, he's going to ride a different brand because the Dakali team is Tony's team, and there's no way Hurlings can ride for them. So the only option was to keep him within the MX2 program with Stefan and put him on a bigger bike, but Cairoli's not going to let that happen either. So KDM had to keep him down because they sponsor the series. They went to Youthstream and sorted out the, and changed the rule, and they've got both classes <laughs> covered again. I, I mean, that's just a joke, though. I, I had to laugh when they're they're talking about how Hurlings is beating Everett's records, and I'm just like, yeah, it's a forced age class. Good job, guys. Way to brag about that. Yeah. I, I just, it's so disappointing, yeah. you know. It's disappointing for me as a fan right. because you want to see them go head to head. You want to see, you know, you want to see that battle. He's a guy that could beat Tony, and uh, you know, you want to see that battle. But unfortunately, politics didn't let it happen, and it's disappointing for the fans. Well, I hope KTM's really proud to run those win ads and stuff of Hurlings winning by a minute and a half next year and changing the rules to make it so he can stay down. I look, yeah. I, 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 it's ridiculous. It's it, you know. If yeah, I was Joel yeah, Robert, I, I if I was, if I was um, Joel Robert, you know, it, yeah. it, it's disappointing as a fan, and I agree. But there's not much, uh, not much we can do about it, unfortunately. If I'm Joel Robert or Everett, I'm I'm pooping on a bag and leaving it on Ustream's doorstep every time they say Herlings is breaking these records. You know, it doesn't count. It shouldn't count, Coppins. <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, I know. I know. I anyways. Know. Um, Hey, let's move to uh, the U.S. a little bit. I know, I know you're you're a fan. You you follow this stuff, and mm-hmm. so the million dollar question next year isn't is is isn't about Ryan Villapoto whether he can win. We, we're pretty sure he can. But Chad Reed is he done? Mm-hmm. Is he? I mean, he's moving to mm-hmm. Cowie. Um, you know Chad a little <laughs> bit. You know, um, I, I've written um, I've written a few is he, times. Is he? Hang on a second. Okay. Is he done? As in, what do you want? What do you expect from him? Well, I'm riding. I'm not writing him off. I'm thinking he can podium and be a top five guy and all that. But I mean, last yeah. year was terrible. He wasn't even there. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he can. Uh, he can do that. Yeah. But he. But but yeah, he can do that for sure. Okay. You know, like he's supercross. Yeah. Motocross is getting harder, and if you think he's going to come out and smash them and win, mm-hmm. I don't think that's the case. But uh, I, you know, podiums and definitely top five Supercross for sure. You should have I, seen I him last can, year outdoors, yeah. getting hunted down and passed by you know dudes that he probably uh, didn't I, even heard of. It was hard to watch. <laughs> it was hard to watch. Right. Like I was just like I was. I felt for the guy. Yeah. I really did. Yeah. You know. Um, and it just—it's one of those things which just got worse and worse and worse. It didn't matter what he did. It's uh. It's a little bit of a changing of the guard. We got Chad struggling a bit. Michael Byrne doesn't have a ride next year, uh, and he's mm-hmm. had another yet another surgery. Um, mm-hmm. Brett Metcalf can't find a ride that pays anything. He races in Canada, and looks like he's going to do that again. The, that uh, one I can't understand. That one I can't understand. I, I'm with you. I, I don't. I mean, I don't think he's asking for a ton of money. He can get a ride. Don't get me wrong, but nothing that'll pay him <laughs> anything. You know. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I can't understand that. He'd be a great, you know, he's got a lot of experience. Good, I'm pretty sure he'd be good at setting up a bike. Um, he'd be a good, you know, leader for younger guys. He, he's a hard worker. He's and he and he's fast. Yeah, <laughs> on top of that, right? So, yeah. So like he ticks every box. Yeah. yeah. He hasn't got a deal. I'm a, you know, apart from winning, you know, he, but he ticks, he ticks a lot of boxes. Look, he, um, yeah, and when yeah. I mean winning, I mean U.S. in the U.S. So, like, obviously, Canada, he's, he did well. Yeah. So. No, it's amazing. It's incredible. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he, he probably, you know, he, he's making uh, probably 100, 150 grand racing Canada and win if he wins, you know. Um, <laughs> and he can't even, I don't think he can even get himself something down here that pays him 50. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> just can't That's do it. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I don't understand that one, but uh, but yeah, carry on changing of the guard, changing of the guard, the little bit of Aus- the Australian guys uh, are, are struggling yep. a little bit, and I know you yep. know you're New Zealand and and you know you hate the yep. Aussies, but at the same time you do root for these guys, and it's a little different. Era. Yeah, we're struggling too um, yeah. from the New Zealand side. We're we're struggling way worse than the Aussies, but yeah. like I said earlier, at least we've got three. Uh, Australia's got three guys going up to do GPs now. So, yeah, yeah. To change of the times, you know, so. Right. It's just, it's just different, and I think um, probably Steve, it, it goes to show the strength of their motocross series, which mm-hmm. we talked about earlier. Yep. And their, let's say, the downfall and their weakness of their Supercross series has been a little bit hit and miss, and only a few rounds and small tracks and things recently. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's showing. Um, hey, one thing I wanted to ask you too: uh, two fifty-two strokes in Australia are racing with two yep. DFs. Um, mm-hmm. Same in Canada. Uh, we had a guy that uh, he actually won. He got injured a lot, but he managed to win the final round. Um, mm-hmm. And when he was healthy, he the bikes were pretty equal. Um, what do you see? Um, the bike is pretty equal if you're building good 250Fs. If okay. you're not building a good 250F, the 252 strokes better. Better. Um, so you've got about you're looking about seven or eight horsepower difference, I believe, stock mm-hmm. to stock. Yeah, um, which is you know at forty six to thirty eight or whatever it is, stock to stock. Right. Um, you know you're looking at about a twenty percent power increase, um, and then you've got your delivery <coughs> delivery of the power is obviously less <coughs> or harder on the two fifty two stroke. Yeah. So you still. You know, unless you can build a really good 250F, you, you're better off on the on the two-stroke. It definitely helps on the starts as well, buys you some track position. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've followed this for three years really closely, and uh, we've got one rider on each bike yep. uh, within the theme. And uh, budget-wise and everything, 252 strokes the way to go. Um, and it, it, it does depend on uh, tra- track surface too a little bit, huh? Like- yes, yes tracks but uh we don't really have an elevation problem down under so okay. yep. um tracks the only th- only thing that depends on on the tracks is hard pack or, or loam they're a little bit harder obviously the 252 stroke on hard pack yep. but overall 80 percent of the conditions it's better so do you see a lot of the privateers on two strokes then down down under there or they already are they yep. already are um and uh, the first year not many second right. year a few this year a lot um so. Yeah, see, in Canada, it's not quite that way. Like, we got one, like, quote-unquote top guy, um, top five guy, He and he won yep. the last round. After that, it's a lot of privateers, but, you know, it's hard to say because they're they're good riders, but they're not in the mix. So it's hard to look at the bike and be like, okay, well, 
it's definite advantage or, or disadvantage yep. or whatever. It, so That's exactly what happened in Australia. And then slowly, slowly. as better guys got on them, mm-hmm. then, then now everyone's, everyone wants them. Um, which, is, which is good for you as a Yamaha guy. Maybe you'll be able to get some guys, <laughs> yeah. right? We, we sell a lot. Uh, we sell a lot down here, 105 and 252 strokes. We sell it. We're doing a lot, which yep. is uh, which is good and um, something we're going to continue to do. And that's hence also why we have a top rider. So we won MX2 last year or this year with uh, Scott Collum on a 250F, uh, and we're moving him to a 252 stroke this year, uh, next year. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So he's okay yep. with that. He, he like that's that, that's what he wanted. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, that um, was his, his request, his request, and, and and I was happy because it saves my budget a lot. Right, right, so, right. Um, and, and it's easy, so, uh, and, and we've still got a guy on a, two, a younger guy on a 250F, so, and, a, and also from a, we're hoping he can win again in a, on a promotional side of things for Yamaha here, you know, we went on four strokes and two strokes. So. It's, a, it's a touchy subject, um, of course, if you're a KTM or Yamaha, it's not a touchy subject, but... Uh, over here, of course, we, we, it's a touchy subject over here because, you know, three of the manufacturers don't make them anymore, and they don't make mm-hmm. them because they weren't selling back in, when the four strokes turned. So if yep. you allow it here, you're almost telling your partners, hey, sorry about your luck. You know, it's, it's yeah. a touchy deal over here. Yeah, 100%. I get that. I, uh, being in a role now that I'm more, you know, I, I'm, I'm learning a lot every day because I used to – I struggle because I just think about out-and-out racing and going right, to win. Right, right. Now, all of a sudden, even when it comes to a testing role, you're talking about customers, different-leveled riders, uh, budgets, uh, development costs, mm-hmm. uh, market market share. Uh, different people want different things, and, and so and even the dealers, down to the dealer side of it, and you start to understand you know, a little bit more about the whole market. So I understand totally. Um, hey, how often do you lay awake at night and think about... Uh that crash and the, the rear brake and I don't, okay. I don't. Okay, it doesn't, it doesn't. Uh, I'm bombed it, it for doesn't you. Really, I can't believe you don't have a world title. That sucks. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't <laughs> doesn't really bother me, um, to be honest. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm still, if I, if I go to Europe and all that, it, you know, people still sort of treat me like I, I did. I was a good rider and I did well, so okay. <laughs> that's yeah. nice. Any? Do you have any plans to settle back there at any time? Or I mean, you, you're, maybe you're a guy who can live anywhere. You're almost. Yeah, so. maybe, maybe. Uh, so first and foremost, um, I'd be lying if I said no. So yep. first and foremost, I want to try to get this team. Set. We've only done one year; it went well. But yep. I need to. We've got new sponsors on board, and I need to get it established better. Yeah. Um, but if something was available, especially with Yamaha or um, in, a, in a management type role or in a team type role yep. that that I that I could do that I came up, I would probably try to look into that. How often do you talk to uh, Michaeli Rinaldi? Uh, not to Michaeli so much, but yep. all the staff. Yep. Um, once every two to three weeks. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you still tight, yep. still tight with them. Still. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Bounce everything off yep. there still, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, still keeping in touch and, and uh, finding out what they're up to, and we still share a little bit of information mm-hmm. of what we're doing and what they're doing and stuff. The new 250F, have you ridden it at all? Have you spent any time on it? Uh, what's your thoughts on it? I think it's going to be it's gonna be much much improved. Yeah, no, it's a it's good bike, really good. Um, I've been riding it a wee bit, and yep. uh, third gear is unbelievable. It's uh-huh. like you're on a 
big bike, you know, very, yeah. very strong and, and uh, handles well. It's very light and, um, no, it's, it's, it's going to be a good bike. And, uh, I mean, the old one wasn't bad. Uh, come on. But come on. That's your Yamaha guy talking. That's... That's, no, that's well, your, you just talked about the Dixon one earlier and told well, me how good it was. That's because Cosworth is all in there. They're, they're F1 company. They know what they're doing. Yeah, but it, <laughs> you're right. But it's still it's still quite a good bike. You know, it handles well and does all that. But obviously, for the market, the new one yeah. is you know going to be going to be good for the customers. Any plans to come on over to America to check out some Supercrosses uh, anytime? Yeah, yeah, I do actually. I do. Um, probably Vegas, the final one. Oh, sweet. So, okay, awesome. Um, um, planning, actually planning a bit of a trip with that one. I was caught up with Hilton Beatty mm-hmm. uh, at Motocross Nations, and one of my best buddies used to work for Hilton, uh, Shannon. I think you know him. Oh, and, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, what is Shannon we, doing now? What is Shannon doing? Uh, he's, he's he's just working back here in okay. New Zealand. He's a welder and uh, stainless stainless welder, oh, okay. and uh, and we're going to cruise over to to that race. So tell him I said hi. He's a good guy. I will. Yeah. I will. Oh, well, yep. So, uh, yeah, so that's that's the plan to get over and, and see one. Maybe earlier, but uh, we're thinking Vegas. Oh, hey, and last thing, I forgot to touch on this, the Vet Motocross the Nations. Uh, mm. uh, America beat you. Um, yeah. You were second. Uh, talk about that a little bit. How, how was it? Did you have fun? Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was a really, really good race. Um, it's just a race you've got to try and get to and have a look I at it. I know. Pretty, I need to go. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Um, it's it's growing all the time. You know, for me, the highlight was to see Bale race. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I mean, I I was at the race when he retired, so uh, I was racing an eighty there, and then to go and race him at this event was pretty cool. You rode an eighty <clears throat> in Manjewip. Yep. Oh. Yep. Okay. Uh, they had a support class for the nations at the nations and mm. uh, an eighty cc class, so I, I raced that. Um. And, um so, uh, and not only did you get to see him, you had to pass him. He whole shot one moto. Yeah. <laughs> Every race I had to pass him because uh, <laughs> most of the guys were on 500s. So I had a 250. And for some reason, it wouldn't pull second gear on the start. <laughs> yeah. So I had to start him first. I'd done three gear changes before they'd done one on the 500. <laughs> right, and right, I just right. got moat on every start. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I was coming from anywhere between sort of 8th and 15th in the four motos. And Bale whole shot too. So uh, yeah. I had to pass him. Quite a few times, or so every moto I had to pass them. You're like, holy crap! I'm passing JMB. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was, I was, and uh, and then I was trying to catch up to Dowdy, but he was he was gone. So um, uh, he was, yeah. had had you ridden that track as a GP or no? I don't even know if it. No, was, I okay. rode it at a <clears throat> I rode it at a British Championship, but okay. not as a GP. And to be honest, I didn't enjoy it on the modern bike, but I I did enjoy it on the twin shot oh, okay. and on the Evo bikes. Yeah. What year uh, two fifty did you have? What was it? 89, uh, I was meant to ride a Yamaha yep. and an X-Factory bike, and that fell through. And then I rode a stock standard 89 CR250. Oh, those forks were horrible when they were new in 89. They were horrible when they were old in 2013, <laughs> too. <laughs> right, right. Um, well, that's cool. Yeah, it seemed like a really cool event. Dowd won. You got second. Um, yeah. And it uh, looked like Bale got, uh, I think Bale got third, didn't he? Yeah, he said yeah. it was close. He got a bit tired, but uh, it was close. Now yeah. it was a very, very cool event, and uh, you know, Dubuck was there, and Sean Kalos. Kalos, and, yeah. You, you need uh, to call up uh, a Kinger and uh, BT and go show them what's up. Well, yeah, because we were meant, 
I was Team Southern Hemisphere, and it was me and a road race guy from Australia. So, uh, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> we struggled a little bit, yeah. but uh, we had a good time. Uh, you, BT, and King. I, I like I like those odds. <clears throat> Um, we do all right. We yeah, do all right. I, I bet. I'll make the call. I'll make the call. Uh, well, hey, Josh Coppins, uh, thank you for coming on the uh, BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by your old sponsor, Thor MX. Um, uh, greatly appreciate it, man. Always good to catch up with you. Um, always yeah. interesting. And, uh, yeah, hope to see you uh, in Vegas. And if not, uh, we'll do another one of these down the road for sure. Yeah, we uh, we talked about too many things. We didn't – there was – man – we could have opened some cans of worms. Well, we did, but we could have got deeper into them if we had uh, kept chatting. But anyway, we can't. So uh, nice to chat, and, yeah, I'll see you in Vegas. Yeah, sounds good, Josh. Thanks very much, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Yep. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to find the more than 200-episode archive or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix.